Snowball Spark. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Wednesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We're in studio today. It's kind of it's kind of weird to be sitting in this chair, Jared, uh, with, with we've been out on the road. Huge, awesome crowd yesterday at Janice's Cafe. I know a, a couple of those tables were there only because we were there. Um, they told me that themselves. So that's great that they were able to really? uh, to go have breakfast. Uh, at Janice's and, and wanted to listen to, to, to the show and kind of see what it was all about with us being out and about. So we appreciate those guys and gals that did that. And uh, I know Janice's does as well. We'll be at Poppy's Pit and Grill tomorrow. So if you want to come out and hang out with us, have a little uh, breakfast, you can do that down at Poppy's Pit and Grill. Coming up on the show today, uh, I'm hoping we'll have uh, Coach Maynard uh, toward the end of the show talk about the win over the uh, Chickasha fighting chicks last week that sets up an even bigger one this week against Weatherford. Um, the Weatherford Eagles, a young up-and-coming team, man. That sophomore class over there at Weatherford's been one that they've had their eye on. Everyone's had their eye on with the amount of talent and the depth of what that sophomore class is. So we'll get his opinions on some of that coming up toward the end of the show. Something we kind of we hadn't really had time for because we've been so kind of jammed up and, and packed. Did you see what happened in NASCAR over the weekend? I think I know what you're talking about. Well, some rulings. Without looking at the rundown. Some rulings came down uh, last, yeah, last night, uh, so we can get into that. Barry Trammell wrote an interesting uh, a column online today, and it, it and it talks about which would be worse for worse for college football. Three SEC teams in the college football playoff, or two SEC, two Big Ten. So I think we can talk about talk about which one of those would be, I guess, the, the worst of two evils for a lot of the people around the country. Okay. Because one would assume if it's three SEC, it's probably one Big Ten. So it's, it's just two conferences, more than likely, unless somebody can go undefeated uh, to sneak in there over a one-loss Big Ten. So anyway, we'll t- we can talk about what the – the, the worst of those two evils would be. <clears throat> and then here's the deal. At the top of the show, I know a whole bunch of people don't even know this is happening. I know a whole bunch of people don't care yet because we're right in the midst of football. I get it. But we can't go the entire week, and especially as uh, an affiliate of the flagship radio station of the Oklahoma City Thunder without mentioning the fact that the Thunder start the season tonight, right? That's right. We, I mean, we got to at least mention that fact. And I so, almost wore a Thunder shirt because this might be the only day in season where they don't have a losing <laughs> record. <laughs> and we're already getting, as soon as I even started the build up to what it would be, we're getting texts, don't say it, not basketball. And th- there's a huge amount of the people – that kind of uh, that, that feel that way, but we have to talk. We have to talk about. Uh, look forward to the Oklahoma City Thunder season. Maybe in just a smidge from around the league as it got started last night with a couple of games on either coast. Boston beating Philly and Golden State knocking off the dysfunctional L.A. Lakers. Thought it was interesting what Charles Barkley had to say at halftime of that Laker game in support of one Russell Westbrook. And the way that he's being treated, but uh, we'll get to that. Two two five nine six nine eight is the phone or the text line. Two two five nine six nine eight. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind. Obviously, not basketball from one of our listeners. Feel free to chime in at two two five nine six nine eight. You know what we could do instead of basketball, we could just go down the list of the Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em contest. I nah, could do, I, could, I could just gloat for 15 minutes about being ahead that. so far. We've already got enough Is of that. Is that what we want to do? Mm-hmm. We're good. We're Moving good. on. We're good. Are you sure? Moving on. Anyhow, 225-9698. If you don't want to talk about hoops, 
give us a give us a topic or whatever you, else you might uh, want to hear about. Um, if you're going to be outside the listening area, couple of ways to stay in touch with the show. One of those is to log on to kadsam.com. The other is to download the Paragon app. The app is tremendous. Three radio stations. It's got the Penny News. Brand new edition of that Penny News hit the website last night at midnight. So you can go on there right now, thepennynews.com through the app, and check out all the new deals. Uh, the, the big boss man has already been here today on his way to go pick up the fresh copy of the print edition of the Penny News, which will start filtering out all over the place tonight in some locales by in the morning everywhere thepennynews.com. Yes, we can talk about the Elk City football team. We will at the end of the show with the head coach. Man, got a lot of listeners today. We do. Lots Blowing of people. off the text line. I love it. Uh, let's see. Big Elk TV. Speaking of the Elks, Big Elk TV, Paragon TV. Well, speaking of basketball. Coming up. <laughs> coming up. We, what, two weeks from Friday? Two weeks for from lot. Friday for the small schools. Yes. I'm efforting some of our Paragon schools' uh, schedules. I know, mm-hmm. obviously, I know Canute plays on fr- on November fourth. I'm seeing Leedy opens on November fourth. They actually open with homecoming. What so, a better time to open! Just get it out of the way. Right? That's right. Just get it out of the way. But yeah, that's that's a lot of that's gonna gonna hit the hardwood on on that Friday night, November fourth, and we'll have it all covered. Hopefully, um, Paragon TV coming up on Friday. Merritt and Hollis on the gridiron. As I mentioned, the Elks are Thursday. Elk City and Weatherford tomorrow over at Woody Roof Field uh, in a battle for what could be the district championship. Um, So it'll be a huge night tomorrow night. By the way, uh, a really cool uh, gesture by the Elk City side of this thing. Yeah. Um, And it, you know, it has a connection back to Elk City. Um, the tragic loss of life from uh, Nick Shrek. Uh, his young son, Camp, um, passed away in a, in a tragic accident. Gosh, what's that been? A year and a half ago? It's been something about like that. A year. Yeah. And uh, so tomorrow, uh, on the Elk City side, being encouraged for everybody to wear green in support of that family. Yeah. You know, Lynn's been around here for a long time, Nick's dad. Uh, and so. Everybody on the Elk City side traveling over to Weatherford encouraged and, and asked to wear green to kind of show the support from town to town uh, for that family. I've known Nick a long time myself. Good dude. Uh, here you go, February this year. I see. I knew, I knew it, it all kind of it, it, it runs yeah. like how it long ago like was, it was that? A, yeah, but that was tragic. Yeah, no doubt about it. So wear your green tomorrow. Yeah, uh, big Elk fans. Yeah, yeah. That's that's cool that they're both. Yeah, it's a bigger than a game kind of attitude. I like that. I've already picked out my green shirt uh, to have on in the broadcast booth okay. myself. I might throw a green hat on. I don't have a lot of green shirts. I've actually got more than I thought when I started going really? through it. <laughs> well, varying color or, or, or shades of green, I guess you could say. I have a green, like a. I think I have a, if I can find it, a solid green t-shirt well, that i wore when i was luigi one year for halloween Maybe i mean i've got my master's t-shirt that. that's probably that, more that of will... the green that most people <laughs> have on i could fire that one yeah on. yeah now very cool idea yeah right. it is very cool idea no doubt about it so uh and it's a big game coming up tomorrow well like i said we'll have coach maynard on here hopefully at the end of the hour yep. as he comes in for the pregame stuff uh for tomorrow um what else Merritt, uh, let's see, what are uh, the matchups? Merritt plays Thomas this week. Yeah, they host Thomas. Hosting Thomas, that's a Friday night game. So that'll be there on Paragon TV. And then Hollis, after the week off, you got a Notre Dame shirt? Uh, once upon a time, I had a Notre Dame jersey, and I don't know where it went. Hollis goes to Balco, Balco Forgan, who took it on the chin a week ago to Turpin. Turpin? Turpin is... Rolling. Yeah. Turpin Cardinals, I believe. Cardinals or Cardinal? They're birds. I know that. I think it's the Cardinals. Our own uh, part of the broadcast crew out at Merritt is a Turpin Cardinal. Okay. I've been through Travis. Turpin. Travis Stout. He's, he's a Turpin guy. Yeah. Yeah, look at these scores. 
nothing, and then Balco last last week, who played Laverne in the state title game a year ago, sixty to twelve. Might be Turpin's year. We're into the top five in all the statewide polls. It's uh, Turpin time. <laughs> That's it for me. Thank you. <laughs> Come on, I've been waiting for that one. Yeah, I, I feel like that that wasn't just a spur of the moment. Fire that out. I think you've been waiting for this conversation for about three weeks since you've seen <laughs> Turpin be pretty good and waiting on this topic to come up. Anywho, I've been waiting to use that ever since uh, the Cowboys signed Cavante. Cavante Turpin. Hasn't been Turpin time. In the regular season, it wasn't the preseason. For Weatherford's sure. doing the green as well. That's yeah, yeah. Both towns coming together. It's cool. It's a really cool thing. There's no doubt about that. Yes, it is. And, and you know, and Nikki and Lindsay, it's uh, it was a, an awful time in their lives for sure. And another, I know we experienced it uh, with the, with the, uh, baseball, over there that at their, their uh, youth baseball facility at Weatherford. Uh huh. Um, and our team was over there this summer. And they have a bench to the left of one of the third base dugouts uh, in honor of him. So oh, that, very that was good. a really cool, um, really cool gesture there as well. Well, it's, what's neat is um, there's like a movement going. Like he was such a what I'm hearing it such a really nice, kind kid, and it's like, hey, just do kind things, you know? Yeah. Um, I think the hashtag kindness for camp. It's a neat. So it's taken a tragic thing that happened. And trying to turn it into a positive. They are turning it into a positive. And this is a, another example of that coming up on Thursday night. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's just, it's one of the, you, as parents, you know, mm, yeah. me, you have been, yeah. the, the last thing you ever want to do is, is have to bury a kid, and especially at an age uh, like that. Right. And so, yeah, it's, a, it's, you know, as much as, and I'm guilty, as guilty of it as anybody on the brown and white side of uh, being irritated by that town and by you know what i'm saying by the by the sporting events and, and the rivalry that is uh elk city and weatherford it rises above that sure yeah. you know a couple of years actually actually i think the last time that elk city's been there for football was 2018 because, because of the redistricting stuff, redistricting right. and then covid that right, was one of the COVID, games yeah, that was one of the games that was lost. lost in 2020 was a trip over there to weatherford so you know but that night those the, the connection between those two towns was on display as well because that's the night that they named the field after Coach Roof. Right. And so, you know, every every trip over there, it seems like there's there's some sort of symbiotic uh, rela- part of the relationship between the two towns that, that kind of comes up. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it is. It's cool. When I saw that last night on, on Facebook put out there by the Oak City Booster Club, I thought, man, that's a, that's a really cool. It's a great idea. Really cool idea. Yeah. And, you know, maybe – a, a life lesson for the guys that will be on the field that, you know, this is important right now. But in the grand scheme of things, the result of this game isn't as important as maybe what you thought going in. Right. Okay. We've we've kind of danced around and limited the basketball talk as much as we possibly could. So here we are. The Oklahoma City Thunder get started tonight right here on these airways. 530 is the pregame. 7 o'clock is the kick. Uh, for the Thunder at Minnesota. It's an interesting uh, matchup first off for Minnesota. We always wanted to see, as soon as the draft happened, Rudy Gobert, Chet Holmgren. What what can Chet do against a guy like that? You know, first game in his career. Unfortunately, not going to get to see that because of the injury to Holmgren. So my question to you is... Do we just want to wait till next year to talk about this? Well, what is the excitement... I mean, obviously to me, or just me, the excitement level going into the season is less because we don't get to see what Holmgren looks like in his first year in the NBA as that number uh, as that number two pick. Yeah, that obviously is a damper. That when that as soon as that news came down, I think we all as soon as we got out of the tank mode mentality, we went right back into it, thinking, okay, another season of of some tanking basketball whether intentional or not and let's just hope for the best come draft time hopefully we can get the the Frenchman and um get get Chet back and make a go at it the next year 
But if anything we need to look for for this year, you know, SGA, I know he's on the list here. Um, how motivated can he be, you know, to embark on another season like this? He's been asked the question, and he's been given the right PC answers. But, you know, there's there's answers in front of a, of a camera, then there's answers with the way you play. So I'm anxious to see how motivated he is moving forward into what appears to be another uh, down year. And others, you know, just, you know, seeing if anyone else is looking. You know, we saw a lot of positives uh, from guys in bad seasons going, okay, once we get uh, the pieces in place, they're going to be a big part of that piece moving forward. Well, who's going to step up and be another piece that looks like the Thunder are going to hold on to? Or those or those other pieces, are, are they going to take the next step and uh, give us something to look forward to to next year? But, I mean, that's as positive as I can get. Moving, you know, the wins aren't going to be there. Let's just face it. They're not. They're not going to be there. You don't think so. It doesn't seem like it. First off, how in the world are, is Oklahoma City going to defend the rim game by game with what they've got on the inside? But SGA is a really interesting to me because we've seen sustained great play from him throughout both seasons without Chris Paul. As in, in the Thunder mm-hmm. uniform. Right. There, there's been things pop up injury-wise. And so the, the, uh, immediately you kind of go to the golly is a little bit injury-prone label. But but is it really? Or is it because they are holding him out to not play? You, you know, I, I don't know what the answer to that is. It looks like he's going to play tonight. So, yeah. you know, when that when that first was reported that he got dinged up in the in the training camp time, it was like, oh gosh, he's injury prone now. Well, he's going to play tonight. It looks like he's going to play tonight. So, is that the case? I think some of this stuff, he could, if it would, if it would have mattered, he could have definitely fought through it and played down the stretch of these seasons. In my mind, yeah. But it was just one of those things to hold him out and try to get the highest pick you could. And obviously, last year that worked uh, with with the number two pick in Holmgren. Also, the year that it looked like it didn't work great. In the draft, it sure appears that it did with Josh Giddy. So I, I think there's there's a lot of things to look for throughout the season. SGA is at the top of the list for me in that if they get off to a better start than most people think. I mean, the, the first five games are brutal, or at least going into the season with what the prognostications are. Two against the Clippers, two against um, Minnesota. And the road game at Denver, it's hard to see that not being 0 and 5, right? I mean, but that's the same thing that everybody thought the Chris Paul year too. Now that and and that year, I think even got derailed a little bit more because of COVID and ended up down in the bubble as opposed to the way that the Thunder were rolling through the the second half of that season as what the second best team in the league from Thanksgiving until the stoppage. Yeah. You know, so I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I think there are a lot of things that you can look at to to really kind of get you excited for next year. Yeah, and it's well, and it's SGA becoming an All Star caliber player, right? Can and, and if Oklahoma City does maybe come out of the gates through the first 40, 40 games of the season or fifty games of the season up until that All Star break, hovering around five hundred, hovering around at least that play-in spot, you know what I mean, down there, is that enough if he's fantastic like he has been in a lot of the, a lot of stretches for the Thunder? Is that good enough to, to, to elevate him to that all-star level? Giddy and his development and his shooting. Uh, in, the, in the preseason, Oklahoma City, the last, what, three games? Now, listen, I, know, I get it. They didn't play anybody, but does anybody think last year in, in, in any game they could go three-game stretch with 50% three-point shooting? No, they just did it. You know, Jalen Williams, Santa Clara version, showed tons of promise, was maybe the best rookie in the preseason league-wide. And, and, you know, to see what his game is in in the regular season. And uh, and then the question here, did Poku put on weight? He has. And he's looked like maybe an NBA player for the first time in his career. Now, it, But it's all preseason. And so they've had to figure out how to do it throughout the regular season. Darius Baisley is another piece that they did not resign, so they didn't pick up his option. He has the ability to play this year out, then become a restricted free agent. 
in a perfect world, would the Thunder want him to play good enough to want to match in the offseason or play good enough that a contender thinks, hey, he'll fit for a championship run at the trade deadline and extract something back from there? So there, there's a lot of things uh, to look at, and, and I think, yeah, the win total isn't going to be great. It's, I, gosh, I mean, under, over under can't be 30 or less in Vegas. And I, even and, I, and I would assume they would be right around that number, uh, just a hair south of 30, a hair north of 30, unless something crazy happens injury-wise on the negative side or uh, these guys come along a lot faster than we thought uh, on the positive side. But I do think that this is kind of the season – even though Chet got hurt, and there's still going to be, I think, some tanking elements to it, especially toward the end. But I do think this is a season that can start getting you excited about what you're seeing again from the Oklahoma City Thunder with, with those young guys starting to improve and, and gel and melt. Right, and that's what, as a fan, you got to train yourself. You got that's what you got to look for. Everything you said, nice said. You're looking for the future. You're not looking for the now. Because right now, it's not going to be fun. We were used to that, right? So, we're going to take our lumps again because of the health. Not because of – it's out of necessity because of the health. But this could turn into a positive thing. It could be very exciting to see what happens uh, where they land in the draft. You never know where those balls might fall, those ping pong balls. And who knows? The the future could be set. Oh, I mean – That dude is a guaranteed, pardon the pun, slam dunk pick. Victor Win Banyama. I better get used to knowing how to say that. If indeed he's Victor Win Banyama. Win Banyana. Well, I, I can't do it. Win Bin. Win Banyama. We're going to have to have a full hour of Wim a lesson Bin on how to say Yama. this. Victor. Yeah, that's that's obviously going to be in the back of everybody's all the bad teams' minds. Good luck being worse than Utah or San Antonio. But, as we've seen, it, that doesn't guarantee you anything. One of those teams could lose every all 82 games, and it doesn't guarantee them anything. They're still at a 14% chance right. to get that number one overall pick. So, there's a lot of... Should that change, just for the sake of argument, should that change to that, that, that chance of getting the number one pick? Should it be larger to discourage the losing? You see what I'm saying? Well, I think if you had a better chance than 14%, that's not discouraging losing. Well, what if it's just a – yeah, well, you, see what you know what I mean. You like mean a, a less a, chance. Lesser, that's what I meant. Okay. A lesser chance. I'm sorry. Spread out. My spread that out. backwards. Because, you know, right now, and unfortunately, we've become pretty familiar with this over the last couple of weeks – or the last couple of years. The top – the worst three teams in the league all have the same chance at the number one pick, isn't it? Isn't that right? And then it goes, and it's starting at four, it goes down a little bit. But the worst can only fall to the certain spot. Second can only, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's an interesting thought by Drew. Take away the lottery. I, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of different options throughout the years on this. That would would lessen. Like I know it's on our list. Would making the season shorter change that? See that that's the one thing about the NBA that I just don't understand because they're starting to they started last night and you're going to have a month and a half to two actually two months worth of nobody giving a rip. No, I mean because in most locations. Yeah, nobody cares right now for for two reasons. It's football October. and football. Well, I mean I was watching baseball last night. I was watching Schwarber put it up in the second deck. Yeah. I then I got to alert my phone. Oh, Golden State and LA are playing. You think I grab the remote quickly to change? No, 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 no. It's like, well, I'm going to have all season to watch those guys play. If they would shorten that season by, say, 20 games and make it 62, started on Christmas. I know they've had talks. That's of the only time or in the season f- tournament. Yeah, I mean, what is that? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm just saying, are they? Well, I don't know what that is. Is that the peak fan interest to get the sh- to be the only show in town? I don't know. Man, for people that didn't want to talk about basketball, they sure got a lot of thoughts on the draft. Yeah, we know what our listeners want. <laughs> Why can't they give the number one to, to the best worst team? I don't, maybe that's how you decide. Maybe that in-season tournament is that. Now, that would be interesting. 
or have a or or how about this? How about how no, about I this? I think I know where you're going. You've got the playoffs going on. Have a tournament for the other that that is the lottery, and then whoever that decides yeah. how you where you get to. <laughs> it's the NIT version of it the is. NBA playoffs. It is, and the NIT winner gets the number one pick. Now that I can get on board with. I wonder what would draw more attention if it was a large market team in the NIT's quote unquote tournament, the the play in or the, Boy, the, this the lottery year, tournament, the lottery tournament. This year I think you'd see more interest in the lottery tournament versus the first round of the NBA playoffs because of that prize. NBA would own it, man. I mean they would have one the Well they own they NBA should own it anyway. Nothing on else is happening. And then then the lottery tournament the next night. You just see they would just they can own every day of the week. Well, that, that's why it's so frustrating to me the way this happens because outside of the NFL draft for one for for one weekend, the NBA has the ability when nothing nobody wants to watch. Heck, most people don't want to watch postseason baseball, much less regular season baseball. You've got that every every other a couple weekends a year. You've got a major golf tournament, which now stops in July because of the reconfiguration of the schedule. I mean, there's the doldrums there that could be taken over by the NBA leading right up into football, and they just refuse to do it. I mean, even if you didn't want to, you wouldn't even have to shorten the schedule. Just start in Christmas. Start on Christmas and run through the middle of August. Yeah. And then, boom, there we are. It's football time, baby. Yeah. I, I think they're, you know, July is a month that is rife with opportunity. Yeah. It's that they're not taking advantage of. Middle of the baseball season, it's football's call, not there the yet. Dog days of summer for right. something. I mean, that's we're, we're thirsting for football. All right, last yeah. thing on the NBA. Yeah, who do you got in the finals? Ooh, put me on the spot. I haven't even thought about that. I'll go with out of the East. You know what? I think how did Boston do last night? Boston beat Philly. I think I like Boston over Brooklyn in the East. I'll give you my my okay my final Your finals. Yeah, Boston over Brooklyn in the East. I'll go with Golden State over the Clippers in the West. Okay, I'm going to go the the opposite. Uh, same Final Four opposite. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm going to go Clippers. Over Golden State, I really want to pick Denver, but I did that last year or two years ago, and Jamal Murray got hurt, and that went right down the window. Just flew out. But I'm going to go Clippers over Golden State. Oh, do you ever trust Philly? Boston's no, by no. far the one you want to trust the most. The Nets. What are the Nets? Here's a Nets Golden State on the text line. I mean, I. Honestly, I think that's a great pick of the Nets, but is it just the Stephen A. thinks it's the last hurrah for Kyrie and KD? So is that what's been is Ben Simmons going to help or hurt? You could see where he's the perfect player to play with those guys. Doesn't want the ball, doesn't need the ball, can guard every position. It's great in transition. Is he mentally capable of doing uh, Golly, the Miami is always pretty good. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the Clippers in a team nobody ever talks about, and they won the damn thing two years ago. Give me the Clippers and Milwaukee in the finals. I almost said, don't forget about Milwaukee. Are we burying in Phoenix? Yes. Well, it, yes. Call your man and take the whatever the win total is for Phoenix, take the under. That is going to be dysfunction city. With everything going on with Robert Sarver, the the owner, and the turmoil there, DeAndre Ayton doesn't want to be there, but he is. <laughs> I don't like Phoenix at all myself. Chris Paul will get hurt. Unfortunately, that's true. It seems to be true for poor Chris Paul. Memphis and- is a year away, and I came up on the text line. I think they're one more year away.
based on because of what everything else has happened yeah. in the league, I think with the shift that could happen this summer, I think they that's the year. The only year. thing the only thing that saves the over for Phoenix is how many teams are going to be tanking and they get easy wins. Tell you what, Jared. Yo. For a group of folks that didn't want to talk about basketball, a lot of people talk about basketball. 40 text messages in the first segment about basketball. Now wait till now wait now wait till we get to something they want to talk about. College football, and I, I've been asked to, to to hit this NASCAR stuff with Bubba Wallace and what he did to Kyle Larson. So we'll we'll hit that as well. All right, Barry Trammell, a very interesting one today. He does his little scissor tail columns. Yeah, and his scenario is what's worse for college football: two Big Ten and two SEC teams in the playoff, or three. SEC teams in a playoff. I keep going back to I, I keep telling myself take I know we're, we're breaking the rules with this, but take conference affiliation out of it. If it's the four deserving teams, best teams in the nation, who cares? We're going to get the best games. That's what we're looking for. We want the best four and then hopefully the best two for the national title game. So who cares what conference they're affiliated with? Do we care about conferences anymore? I mean, everyone's going to every conference. We're getting super conferences. I mean, does it matter? But I see what Barry's saying. I see. Is it bad for for? Oh, it's bad. The game and and uh, I do, do conference championships even matter anymore? If you're putting three from one conference in and you're leaving a conference champ, obviously, well, a couple, three of them out but if they are the better teams if they are on paper and and by the eye test and everything look like these are the best four teams and three of them happen to be from one conference i gonna go back to saying who cares we're getting the best teams we need we that should be in there well the point of this is and and when you read barry's article it kind of no, i haven't read this. it just to profess I the, the point is this is the problem with not having eight or 12 teams in the playoff not getting this thing expanded out like it should have happened in a more timely fashion because now you've set yourself up in a weird season like this for these for these two things to possibly happen and and to me everyone's answering on the text line three sec three sec well is that coming from hate for the sec uh, i would probably lean toward that side of it just from a viewership standpoint in that if you get three sec teams then it's going to be the southeast part of the country and one other city or one other state. Well, there's that. that all yeah. the, are, are going to be the ones that truly care about the playoff. And then, do you damage it enough in the run up to the expansion that you kind of start losing different parts of the country before you ever have a chance to to get them involved with the with the larger playoff? At least if you had SEC Big Ten, you've kind of got you know east of the Mississippi throughout the you know the north and south all the way you know roughly on the map i don't need anybody to correct me and tell me that there's certain towns west of the I, I get it but what i'm saying is at least you've got about half the country land-wise that's interested in what's going on because of the makeup so that, that that would be kind of the only reason where i would maybe tend to to think it would be better for two and two versus three and, and for whoever else just because of the interest that that will be drummed up by having part more more parts of the country involved, it, it doesn't. The, the conference thing to me is almost getting where it doesn't matter as much because that, as you're talking about, saying, we're yeah. not the the, the there's going to end up being two. I mean, it's what it feels like, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like just, we're just we're just headed in the west? Yeah, we're or, just kind of headed for the Big Ten and the SEC, and that's going to be what it is. To with. with however many teams they decide to have is it is it 16 then maybe maybe that opens it up for more but once you start getting into 20 maybe even 24 per conference then there's just not enough quality left for anybody else to throw a conference together that that anyone cares about watching or even cares about being in so that's where the the conference thing is is a little bit almost seems like it's going to end up being archaic once this thing moves to toward where it ends up and where it ends up is anyone's best guess 
but I, uh, to me, that's why, at least for right now, at least with, with two from the Big Ten, two from the SEC, you get more parts of the country interested in a college football playoff versus just three SEC teams and, and whoever else it is. It does, is it Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, Clemson, UCLA? You, it, do, it doesn't matter at that point almost because it's become such a regional thing in those three games uh, to decide the national champion. So are we saying um... – did he give any examples of what three SEC uh, – saying Tennessee, Georgia, Bama possible or Tennessee, Georgia, Ole Miss? I, yeah, I think I think for, in order for it to happen, it would be Bama, Tennessee, and Georgia. Yeah. From from the Bama clout like we talked about. Uh, I think that's where you're I'll headed. I'll say o- Ohio State and Michigan from the Big Ten. Yeah, one, the winner of that – the undefeated winner of that. and then the, Oh, you mean with two? With two, if yeah, there's a yeah, possibility, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you're. I think what you're looking at there with two would be Bama, Georgia, because Bama hands Georgia their only loss, and then obviously Ohio State and Michigan. Whoever wins that that game wins the is undefeated in the, as the Big Ten champ, and then the other one doesn't lose to anybody else. Everyone else has a loss, and he's even as a conference champ. Maybe you know that doesn't outweigh what you know. Ohio State or Michigan has, or what so uh, let me Georgia ask you, has. Um, just pop quiz while we're wrapping up this talk. How many teams, in your mind, are left f- uh, with a serious chance of making the college football playoff? Probably a whole bunch more than you th- that, that than most people think, because you just don't know what's going to. I mean, I, I can sit here and make a scenario. Let's go back to my point yesterday. Was I can make one where SEC doesn't get in? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's still enough undefeated other conference. There's at least one in every other conference. And so let, let's say that Ole Miss trips up outside of Alabama. Bama then, lose, then you know, was able to lose. Enough. I mean, if, if there's a two-loss team from the West that gets into the, the title game and upsets Georgia, are they really, you know, and everybody else is undefeated? You got UCLA, TCU, Ohio State, or Michigan, and Clemson undefeated champs. And the West team that gets to Atlanta has two losses and upsets Georgia. Are we putting a non SEC champ, one loss Georgia, a non playing in a non division champ in Tennessee with one loss over an undefeated Power Five conference champ? No, right? <laughs> I don't think so. No. I mean, so that's why I think there's still – I think there's a whole bunch of teams that can still get there. Are there nine undefeateds there's left? There's nine undefeateds. you got Syracuse and Clemson. Who play. Who play. From the Texan, that's right. Ole, uh, Ole Miss and Alabama – or uh, Ole Miss and Tennessee and Georgia. Tennessee and Georgia will play. So Obviously, Ohio State and Michigan State. And then TCU. Right? Did you mention UCLA? And UCLA. Yeah, there's, I'd say there's there's three from the SEC, two from the Big Ten, two from the ACC, a Big 12, and a, and a Pac-12. Yeah, that's it. That's the nine. So there's not – okay. And there's – I want to set you – know, that's something we could do There's tomorrow. really only six that at the end of the day. To, that There will only be six because that can go because – We're going to see these guys not Three games is going to have to play. Yeah. That's right. Man, we're not going to get to Bubba Wallace again. See if Coach Maynard – Ding, ding. See if Coach Maynard has any thoughts on Bubba Wallace. He was suspended <laughs> from the race this week at Homestead. I think I could build a case that he ought to be in jail. So should the wide receiver from Alabama. Did you see that? He looks like he hit a woman. Like but, 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 but. Is that not part of rushing the field? I know. What's different between him and that idiot that got ran over by the the L.A. guy yeah. and the pros? Man or a woman, is that the difference? Will Bowie, ask, and you shall receive. He wanted some Elk City football talk, and we're going to have some right <laughs> now with uh, Big Elk head football coach Zach Maynard. Zach, well, welcome this morning. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Uh, doing well. Uh, let's go back last week just a little bit. Uh, last Thursday, Chickasha coming into town, the last two remaining unbeatens in the district. And you guys played, like you said afterwards, as close to perfect, even though it wasn't perfect, as we've seen the Elks all night. Just what were your thoughts on, on the way that Elk City performed last Thursday? Well, obviously, you you go back and you watch the film, and you can you can look and go, well, we didn't necessarily 
fit this right or fit that right defensively and um, or we didn't make this right call here and um, and what I mean by call is you know we defensively we've got checks to every formation to defend and how we defend them and um, so we didn't you know in mental side of it there's still plenty of busts and plenty of things to clean up I thought physically uh, it was our best game just uh, you know our effort had been there all year but our physically imposing our will offensively and defensively um, was one of our best nights and uh, you know obviously there's still a lot to learn from it but um, you know offense did pretty much whatever they wanted to do and uh, defensively we, we we had our way most of the night you know I, I think we've I hear people like, golly, can you throw? You know, it just seems like we're just boring, handing it off at the middle. But I, I thought we saw the full capabilities of what the offense brings. When nobody can stop Levy, when he can get at seven, eight, ten a carry, then all of a sudden you hand it off to one of those fast guys going around the edge, then you see the explosiveness that this offense has and Tucker Garza obviously coming in, an unfortunate circumstance with Garbo going out. But, man, that guy was ready to go uh, as a freshman and he just ran up and down the field. Yeah, we've got – I mean, we've got four or five guys that really, uh, when they get it, 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 they can turn the lights off and get in bed before it gets dark. <laughs> um, but – so, you know, we talk about uh, – um, we talk about all the things that, that the offense brings, and so we look at the jet sweep stuff as a pass. We look at the option play, pitching it out there on the edge as a pass. Um, and, you know, if you notice, almost every time we get it pitched, it's – touchdown yeah uh, because of the effect of what levy brings you know so so we we treat it that way as it's all as that's a pass play now that doesn't mean that we're not working on passing game and that we're not uh, we don't have things in our back pocket um, uh, for passing but you know just my mentality and I, and I learned this from um, coach Roof my time with him is that if you've got a deck of cards we only play the ones you feel like you have to play, and whenever it's time, whenever we're in time to go trump card, you know we've got it. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how we kind of approach things, and 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 it's been really good to us so far. Or, or, okay, kind of went past it, but Tucker Garza, were you surprised how productive he was coming in? You know, not knowing he's, he was going to get a lot of snaps, and then he just steps into that role and just keeps it going. Were you surprised with how he how he performed? No. Um, He's he's extremely talented. Uh, we knew that going into the year, and you know, uh, the thing with that is, is is we've tried to progressively bring him along. Um, you know, he played some. I, I remember the Canadian game. Uh, we ran, we give him the ball. We're driving, and we give him the. He's out there, and we give him the ball. And I looked at Fisher, and I said, "Are you sure you want to give him the ball right now?" <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, we got to trust him." I said, "Okay, yeah, I'll do it." And uh, Sure enough, it's worked out great, and and but but ultimately, you know, that the experience from that game and 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 being in big games in the Clinton game, and um, you know, just just having him put into those situations early, groomed him. I think you know for him to just be ready to go at that point, and um, and you know, it's also it's really easy to come out and look really good when your offensive line is outstanding and um, nobody touches you for 15 yards. So, you know, obviously he's a great talent. Um, We've got several, several guys. Matthew Thompson's back this week, who mm-hmm. uh, is a great talent. Um, uh, Cooper Garbrino is a great talent, and so is uh, Patton. So, you know, we've got we've got lots of guys uh, and even receivers who can really spread the field and really put you in a bind uh, with their speed and their athletic ability. See, that that was the one thing that, that I tried to point out on those two long runs. You don't go 70 with just the offensive line blocking. And on both of those – you saw Caden Holder out in front making the kind of the last block to spring Tucker all the way down the field. And you guys do that. It's not just Caden. It was on those two plays. But I'm noticing the, the receivers aren't selfish because some people, they be going, I don't get the ball. They're not throwing it to me. What am I? But they're down, they're down there working their tails off to try to be the guy that lets a 30-yard run turn into a 70-yard run. Yeah, and that's uh... – that's the epitome of the game of football, and you know. And even though you're not getting the glory or whatever you, that you think, uh, at the end of the day, there's only one thing that matters, and that's what that scoreboard said is at the end of the night when we're talking about winning a football game and uh, how you win it doesn't necessarily matter as winning it. So, you know, obviously, Caden, um, it's really neat. It was really neat for me. You watch it on film, and he, he breaks. Um, I think Garza went for like six or seven, breaks the first down, and – 
and and he's on the opposite holders on the opposite side of the field and then Garza makes two cutbacks all the way to the left side and then he runs down there and, and picks the guy off and um you know those are plays that just make make you proud as a football coach and um just really right now we're playing really hard at every position and so it's a uh, uh, stuff like that is is it's what the game's all about big game again coming up on uh well tomorrow thursday at weatherford um they've they've looked like they're better than last year three in a row uh winners just break it down for us what do you see about them? they look like they're a spread it out kind of attack um tell us about the eagles yeah they're uh you know they're 60 40 run pass um you know they got a senior quarterback who does a really good job throws a good ball got some very talented receivers um their offensive line although very young has just gotten better and better and, and you know that coaching staff over there always does a fantastic job with getting their kids ready to go and uh you know so it'll be a big game it'll be i assume it'll be a huge crowd um you know we're approaching it like it's a district title it's a playoff game and that's really uh, when we got in the districts that's how we've tried to approach every week is it's the first round of the playoffs and 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 you know winner go home type mentality and um you know, so that's how we're approaching it. I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, we 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 absolutely have to put our best foot forward uh, against Weatherford for, uh, tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, they are uh, – it's been really cool to see them grow. And, and hats off to them for um, all of them staying the course and, and just getting getting better and better every single week. Yeah, for those that don't ha- – haven't seen, we're hanging out with uh, Big Elk Hud Coach Zach Maynard here. Uh, for the last segment of the City on Sports today. For, for those Elk City fans that haven't seen or really followed what Weatherford's done, when you look at the roster, gosh, it's got six, seven seniors-ish, not very many on you know the two columns. But this group is really led by that sophomore bunch. And I know that uh, from, from from friends I have over there, they've been waiting on these guys. And it, and it feels like you know not too much different than what, what I experienced with our group here in 1998 as seniors but you know the sophomores were able to kind of get better kind of take over a lot of the different positions and have some other guys sprinkled in that's what it feels like to me that they've done as they've moved forward and just gotten better and better and better it feels like last year's senior bunch you know we saw it when when we're going through hard times when and that's the group that once they get older and 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 get acclimated, more acclimated to this this level of play. That they're going to be really good. They were really good last year. So I think you're, what you're talking about is right. Yeah, I, I mean, I that sophomore group. I think that they have is. I think they're going to have six or seven starters that are sophomores. And, on yeah, on both sides. Um, yeah. And and um, they look to be like they can be really go and and really good players. So um, you know, we'll have to put our best foot forward. Back to last week, one you mentioned earlier, but that offensive line and the defensive line, man. It was just, it was just awesome to watch the physicality, and we had a text here on the text line. I love the physicality and intensity the Elks play with every down. Another thing that you got to make you proud as a head coach. Yeah, and that you know, uh, Coach Coach Weber watched watched you guys broadcast Thursday night last week, and he sent me a text said making made made no ball coach proud watching you guys play, and so you know that's just kind of our mentality. That's who we are. It's who we want to be. Um, you know, we want to go out in the football field, and and we I tell the kids every week, win the hitting contest, the scoreboard will take care of itself. Um, you know, as much as the game has changed in the last 10 years, even uh, you go back as far as you want, it seems like it's gotten softer and softer every year. But uh, the team that still wins the hitting contest 99% of the time is going to win the football game. So uh, we want to win the hitting contest every every time we step on the field. You're proud of um, the mistakes. They seem to be limited uh, on last Thursday night, I know there's a turnover later in the game, but by then, it, I mean, guys had it in control as opposed to the Clinton game and cash game with the way those games started. You happy with how the mistakes were limited last week? It's getting better. Uh, you know, I think maybe another proud moment for me was um, on the maybe the second long Garza run, Cooper Patton runs by a guy like this, you know, with his arms mm-hmm. up instead of, instead of taking a hit and you never know you you know at that point it kind of becomes a judgment call and he kind of runs by and just shields him with his back and um just being smart you know being being smart and heady play and you know a lot of these mistakes we knew some of them were going to happen because although a lot of our guys are older it's really they've been their first year to really be the guys Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um 
And so, you know, obviously you know that there's going to be some mistakes happen and things happen. And, and, and we, we, you know, our practices haven't changed. Usually a lot of teams this time of year will start scaling back and, 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 and so on down. We haven't just for the simple fact that we're not mistake-free. And so ultimately we, we're still looking for that perfect game, that that perfect scenario where we play the best we can play for four quarters mistake-free. And we haven't done that yet. Um, we were close, but we still have not done that. <laughs> well, when you were not mistake-free for, what, a quarter and a half, look at the score. Yeah. That's what's yes. exciting for me. Yes, absolutely. Do your guys pay any attention to the polls? I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Do you? Do you have any idea uh, where we're well, at? I, was, I want to say one of the kids showed them to me the other day, and I said, it don't matter. <laughs> Just fun to talk it's, about. It's it's cool to look at, <laughs> yeah. and and uh, uh, but ultimately, it it's not the BCS era, so uh, <laughs> it don't matter. Do you pay attention to TikTok and yeah, any and, of that uh, stuff? They that show you that, that, that build, uh, bulletin board co- stuff. Coach Hunt sends me TikToks. <laughs> I don't, I, which I, is pretty weird to me that Coach Hunt's on TikTok. <laughs> that is weird. I, I I get heck for it, and and my coaching staff gives me heck for it. They they call me the 90-year-old, 30-year-old. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't really have social media. and, and mm-hmm. so, That's actually a good thing. Um, that's just – it's good times. <laughs> last one. Uh, I thought it was really cool last night seeing the, the Booster Club and what they're doing uh, for the town of Elk City to wear the green in, uh, you know, for, for Nick and Lindsay's son that died uh, tragically in, in February. I think that's really cool. And it, it maybe teaches your guys as important as this game is at this time in life, and there's no doubt it's a huge game. But at the same time, it's not the most important thing in life either. Well, no, I, and I think that, you know, go back to this summer, the ultimate goal is that, um, that we have men who grow up and, and understand that life's just really not about you. Right. You know, and, and, and so, you know, you get an opportunity um, to do something, to honor someone, uh, show some compassion in a certain way. Uh, you, you jump on that opportunity and do, do what you have to do to, to, to at least, you know, can't physically go give everybody a hug. But, but you know, that's a way of just, you know, saying, hey, we're here with you. We, we care about you. And, and, uh, um, and if, that's, if that's the easiest possible gesture, I challenge everybody to try to wear green tomorrow night. Absolutely. Coach, thank you so much for your time. Good luck to the Elks against the Eagles tomorrow night. A game that, man, the district the, you could touch the district championship with a win tomorrow night. Absolutely. Thank you. Head coach Zach Maynard of the Big Elks. That'll do it for the Wednesday edition of the Skinny on Sports. We made it through even talking a little bit of basketball. We even talked about basketball. So can there you, you go. It? Thunder is tonight, 7 o'clock right here on these airwaves. Pre-game will start at 5.30. Don't forget, tomorrow is the Big Elks in Weatherford. We'll be down at Poppy's tomorrow morning. Come eat breakfast with us. Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to